0: Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. Cheetah Digital's relationship marketing platform bridges the gaps in your customer data moving people from unknown consumers to loyal brand ambassadors. With customer acquisition, multi-channel messaging and customized emotional loyalty programs, Cheetah Digital is a one-stop shop for enterprise brands looking to simplify and scale their relationship marketing strategy. Learn how brands such as American Airlines and Discovery Incorporated Use Cheetah Digital to drive increased revenue with video case studies available on cheetahdigital.com. Hello and welcome to episode 210 of Let's Talk Loyalty. My topic today is the 2022 Digital Consumer Trends Index, published by our friends in Cheetah Digital. It's actually the third year of this report, so I'm delighted to be joined by Tim Gloom, their Vice President of Content and Data, to discuss the findings and year-on-year comparisons in the data. Now, most of the topics are very familiar to those of us in loyalty marketing, but what did strike me was just how much dramatic change came through across all of their findings in just the last 12 months. As you will hear, the research covers seven countries. So today, Tim will share the key global findings and also outline when and how we can access even more detailed insights from this project throughout 2022. So please enjoy my conversation with Tim Gloem from Cheetah Digital. Tim Gloom joining me from Denver, Colorado. Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty.
1: Yeah, it's great to talk to you again. I know we had you on my podcast, Thinking Caps, last year. So I appreciate the invite. I'm excited to talk to you today.
0: It's super exciting to turn the tables, Tim. Um, And you've been doing some actually really hard work, I think, with this report. So tell us all about it. So in terms of title, uh, 2022 Digital Consumer Trends Index, we're going to get into all of the key insights. I think we've got five to go through today. But before we do that, you know, I always ask about a favorite loyalty program, Tim, and given your incredible client base and all your expertise, I want to hear what is Tim Gloom's favorite loyalty program in the world right now?
1: Yeah, well, you know, there are many and there are several. And as you mentioned, Cheetah Digital, you know, we power loyalty for a lot of clients. But I am—I think the one that I like the most, uh, if I have to pick one of the children, is not actually uh, one of our clients. We don't do their their outright loyalty program, but it's Starbucks. And um, it might be an easy one to pick, but It's interesting, I think, because I do not drink coffee. I've never had eight ounces of coffee in my life. Wow. But Starbucks is just, it's such a great community-based brand. That's how it started. Its DNA was about community, baristas. I mean, even if you walked into a Starbucks and bought a lemon pound cake or a cup of coffee, you can't get beyond them asking your name. Like your name is written on the product. So it's personalized even when they don't even know you. So I love that about the brand, but the reason the loyalty program works for me is my two children. We have a Starbucks around the corner. We live in downtown Denver. My, we, uh, My children both go to school two blocks and three blocks away, respectively, my daughter and son. Okay. And as their treat, if everything's good all week, one day a week, we get to walk to Starbucks before school and they get to get their breakfast from Starbucks. So the app is great. I mean, my son does not eat eggs, not because he's allergic or anything. He just does not like them. Okay. And the ability to go in there and order a product specifically the way you want it, order it in advance, use the credits. It automatically every $25, you know, when when the balance is low, it automatically replenishes. I don't have to do anything. Um, I can hit, I can literally hit order. I can start the walk, which is literally a block and a half. And we walk in and our things are ready and we sit down and we have it. And then because of that behavior, um, I get great offers that meet my children's needs, like a a cake pop or this or that, because they know I'm buying those. So I got to give kudos to Starbucks. We only power their personalization engine, which is part of their messaging and loyalty. But that loyalty app... Um, makes those rough mornings much easier when I can (laughs) click, 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 walk the kids in, smile on their face. They take a toothbrush. They brush their teeth when they get into school. And everyone's happy about the day. So Starbucks is my pick.
0: Okay. I love it, Tim. And, you know, I also love it um, from, I suppose, the business perspective, as well as the consumer perspective, because I think you're absolutely right. And remarkably, as a non-coffee drinker, for you to pick it is quite hilarious. <laughs> uh, so thank you for explaining that. But I, what I also learned, somebody was mentioning recently, the, the whole idea of the bank of Starbucks, you know, the fact that, you know, they do that auto recharge, for example, the credit is there, saves them a fortune on merchant fees. I think there's a lot more applications for digital that retailers need to be thinking about. And I think they've proven that perfectly.
1: Yeah. Look, Starbucks is one of the biggest technology companies on the planet. You know, secondly, a, a giant real estate company, they know what they're doing. We're proud to be partners of theirs, uh, Amazing. especially for the last two years of innovating next gen personalization. I mean, we are their personalization engine and everything at Starbucks is personalized. So cool. they figured it out They're They're a smart, a uh, bunch over there and I'm excited and I'll, I'll try and make the introduction. I'm actually, Easy. uh, Yes. I'm actually uh, interviewing Barbara Spearing over there uh, later this month in April. Uh, so uh,
0: okay. we'll, we'll you have can her Im- on
1: our site soon and I'll make the introduction to you.
0: Oh, that's amazing. You can imagine we shared the same wish lists of the top guests in the world for loyalty.
1: <laughs> for sure.
0: Great. So listen, tell us where did the inspiration come first of all, Tim? So from what I understand, this is the third year you've done this Consumer Trends Index report. So, So what's the kind of background to it in the first place?
1: Yeah. I really love this project. This is a project that I kind of spearhead, um, each year from the content perspective here at Cheetah. And it's a global report. Um, -hmm. as a former brand marketer myself, I mean, I, I, I've sat in the brand seat and the brand marketer seat far more than I've sat in the seat I am right now. Mark tech and telling great stories of our clients here. Mm -hmm. Um, the insights directly from consumers have always been a huge driver for my marketing strategies. You know, mm. you can have a great marketing team. You can have three, four, five, ten 10 smart people in a room, mm. but unless you're truly listening to the audience and getting sentiment and attitudes from your consumers, you're going to miss the mark. I don't care how smart you are. So mm. over here at Cheetah, this is our third edition um, the idea is we go out globally. We we focused on six countries, U.S., U.K., Ireland, uh, mm. Spain, uh, France,
0: Australia, yeah.
1: Australia and yeah. the APAC region. And the idea is to go ask these 30 questions that we know to be kind of staples uh, around consumption, uh, loyalty, messaging, uh, data these days, zero party data, privacy, et cetera. And. Ask the ask literally the audience and understand like where do you where do you sit on this? So mm-hmm. we have not only a global perspective with over five thousand respondents. Another thing I'm I'm huge on, yeah. even I know statistically from school, you know you get a, you get a sample rate. It's going to continue, but we love the idea of going to get five thousand respondents. Yeah, right? yeah, so it's really got meat and potatoes, all yeah. age groups, all gender, both you know all genders. Yeah. Um, so in our third year, what I'm pleasantly pleased to say is we truly can talk about trends, not just answers. Like, Hey, here are the answers on particular questions this year. And here's how people are feeling about any given data point. Yeah. Now we can literally see the trends over three years. And it's amazing to see, um, the trends that are, you know, uh, yeah. trending, you know, up and down. So mm. that's the basis of the, of the report. We know our clients are always asking us for yeah. more impactful resources and the voice of the customer. Yeah. So this is an investment we make every year. We're presently pleased about it. Even our prospects, even people that aren't doing business with us still email us and say, this is a great report. We really appreciate it. It helps inform our marketing strategy. So.
0: Yeah. And and what I think is particularly useful, Tim, is, you know, I have had a lot of research on this show and I continue to, and I love it, but they do tend to be single market specific, you know? So we'll look at the report for South Africa or Australia or the US, but the fact that you've gone out and you've got all of those countries and you can look at comparisons and contrasts, and I know you're going to split it in a million different ways for all of your clients. So I love the breadth of it. Um, and I guess my first, question for you is maybe just generally, what struck you this year, Tim? And we will get into the five kind of key highlights. Um, and I'll tell you, I suppose, the one that struck me the most because I was suddenly looking at things I'm not doing that I think I need to do as a consumer on the privacy side. But before I talk about that, what do you think was the, the single biggest thing that struck you this year, Tim?
1: Yeah, I don't know that it struck me, but it made me smile because it's it's continuing and it, and it cemented the, the trend the largest lift year over year which has been a, a gradual increase but it jumped this year was 110% increase year over year for people wanting the brands that they enjoy their favorite yeah. brands yeah wanting them to treat them as an individual so mm-hmm. we here at cheetah digital we we have hunker down and clearly put our our flag in the sand to say, it's all about personalization. If you can't personalize at scale, you know, you're, you're really not doing what consumers expect. So to see that trend come out of uh, this report this year, and that 110% lift of people wanting to be treated as an individual really cemented our strategy and our investment into personalization engines. So I was pleasantly pleased to see that. Yeah. And also, you know, as a human, you know, my yeah. name is Tim. I'm not, I'm a male and I'm 48 years old, but, you know, my <laughs> name is Tim and, uh, you know, I live in Denver, Colorado. So yeah. uh, I think that makes sense because I want to be treated as an individual as well.
0: And and you're absolutely right. I think we all talk about personalization and quite for quite a few years, but 110% in literally 12 months, that is a dramatic you know, gesture, yeah. signal from a, from customers to say, we expect this now.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, and we, we did a report with Ad Age last year, the path to personalization. And I believe the stats were 88% of brand marketers knew that in 2022, they had to personalize their communications, their ads, their messaging, everything. They had to. They yeah. have to get there. So yeah. they knew that they at least had the forethought, but only 8% <gasps> said they had the technology to actually deliver on it. So, <laughs> you know, that was last year. That was literally a year ago this month. Wow. And now you look at this report and 74% of people want to be treated as an individual. And and realistically, I think everyone wants to be treated like an individual, but when seventy four percent state that is the number one goal, you yeah. have to take that seriously as a marketer, and you can't yeah. sleep on it anymore. You know, not after COVID, not after all yeah. this, you know, at home sheltering. Yeah. People want to have a voice. They want to be recognized. They want to be, um, yeah. you know, given recognition for for their allegiance yeah. and loyalty to brands. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty clear. The data speaks for itself. That's five thousand people. That's not me telling you to, to, to personalize. Exactly. That's five thousand people telling you to better personalize.
0: Totally, totally. Yeah, I think COVID definitely made us all want to connect more, Tim, you know, so whether that's personally, professionally, you know, there absolutely is just that dramatic increase in expectations. So, okay, pretty dramatic one. And the first one, I guess, then that came out was the protection of privacy. And I guess... The reason this one really surprised me, Tim, and I know there's a huge amount of um, documentation behind this, which we'll make sure that obviously listeners can access. But I'm, I suppose, most exposed to privacy, I suppose, particularly in loyalty with the, the regulatory side. you know. So we know we want to treat our customers really well. We have to make sure all of our data is super protected. But the fact that the consumers are investing and spending so much money, like you're talking here about things like incognito browsing, a 50% increase there in protecting that, PC cleaners up 48%, password generators up 40%, ad blocking, premium software. This is unbelievable stuff, Tim. The people are actually almost presenting it, I think, by what I'm reading here.
1: Yeah, I mean, to, to me, it looks like the, it's a revolt of sorts, right? Um, yeah, yeah, And I'll, I'll, I just wrote something for Adweek uh, this week, an executive summary that will be published soon. But the gist of it was, and I put myself in this bucket. I was a brand mm. marketer, as I said, far yeah. more than than in MarTech. Um, I think we, uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again, we got fat eating all this cookie technology. We, we (laughs) empowered Martech to go create technology that made us lazy marketers. We, we put creative to the side, we put story to the side and we were like, how can I get an optimized ad or an optimized story in front of somebody and get them to take the action that I, the brand marketer need. I've got to meet my quarterly goals. I've got to meet my annual sales goals. So here's my agenda and I'm going to force it on consumers. And you know, the, yeah. the consumers are over it. I mean, they are done. And I've said this yeah. before too. And, you know, I get, I catch some flack for it, but consumers don't give a damn about your marketing plan. And the sooner that we <laughs> as marketers understand that, yeah. then we can get to the level of, all right, well, maybe, maybe they won't use ad blockers if I actually build a relationship with them. Maybe they'll yeah. actually like, appreciate my emails because I'm sending them something they told me they want, not something I want to sell them. And that's where I think relationship marketing, you know, needs a kick in the pants this year. (laughs) And this data, you know, tells it, as you said, you know, incognito browsers, people are trying to avoid the tactics that brands have invested in. It's Mm -hmm. time for us to get back to the way we communicate as humans and build relationships. We need Mm -hmm. to start doing that with our audiences at scale.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I will definitely be investing in more of those because yes, I feel like I'm, I'm a revolt in, in process as well, because, and the next point was probably the one that resonated the most with me, Tim. And it's about this idea of using the customer's data, of course, but with permission. And I know you guys use this term a lot about, you know, what feels appropriate, but what feels creepy. And for me, and it's just happened to me again this week, it's when I discussed something very specific, um, literally about, you know, a cold sore that a friend of mine had, and we talked about it. And all of a sudden I'm getting ads for herpes creams, and I (laughs) I, I mean, it was so distressing. I can honestly tell you, Tim, but you know, this whole idea of creepiness is definitely something you guys have latched onto from the beginning. And it's just, again, it's a revolt from people.
1: It, it really is. And, um, yeah, there's a stat in there in the report where we talk about <clears throat> devices listening to you and it's kind yeah. of what you're, you've explained. And, <laughs> and my, my great buddy and, and Richard Jones has always told a story of how he went to get a vasectomy. And then all of a sudden, you know, even as he walks out of the facility, he's getting all these ads, you know, and Uber, he figured out Uber via Facebook, You know, yeah. Uber sold his location because he took an Uber to the facility. So, yeah. um, yeah you know, that is, that is fairly creepy. And I love, you know, what Seth Godin has always talked about in permission-based marketing, you know, it's not rocket science to me. It seems to be common sense. Um, but yes, the data is showing that year over year
0: Mm. people
1: are getting more and more frustrated with those types of tactics. So,
0: um,
1: leave those tactics to, to the spy outfits, (laughs) leave those to the governments of the world and, you know, try to build better relationships, I think is what we, what we really need to take away from that.
0: OK, no, you're absolutely right. As I said, I'm very careful now what I say out loud and really, really don't <laughs> really don't like it. Um, the next one that you talked about was, um, I suppose, people really saying they're prepared to pay more from a preferred brand um, but there are conditions around that so I think this is where the one that made you smile came through particularly Tim um, but what else did you feel coming through in terms of you know what are the conditions that people are looking for before they're <clears throat> going to feel that loyalty regardless of their transactions because we know it's different but it is the feeling we're going for
1: yeah it's 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 actually pretty simple. I mean, people want really simple things from brands to continue to build or retain their loyalty. Um, one example was people said they just want to be recognized, right? Yeah. And, and and not recognized for every transaction, but recognized for the things they do with the brand, whether it's on social, whether it's coming to their website, going to their events, coming into their store, just being recognized. And I think, it, again, it goes back to they mm. want to be recognized as an individual, but they also want their small actions recognized. Yeah. Um, Another percentage said that they wanted to be part of a community. So what is the value add that a brand can give by saying, hey, here are other customers just like you here. Go meet each other or give them a forum. Uh, I know Pepsi right now is doing some really good things around. It's not my world, but um, betting and gambling. And they're just launching something I just read where they're trying to put people that are hearing impaired together into these kind of off, uh, you know, I guess, betting pools and things and the experience around betting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are ways that brands can create value add that isn't giving them extra points. Isn't just like giving them an upgrade. Those things are great too, but they're mm-hmm. providing community. They're recognizing individual actions that aren't necessarily a sale or transaction. Yeah. Um, so those are the types of things that people are asking for.
0: Yeah. Yeah and and just with your i suppose um you know client hat on and what you're hearing from the brands team, Would you say that they're increasingly open to those kind of, I suppose, behaviors and allowing, you know, the investment, I suppose, because I think that's the bottom line. I love the idea of recognizing, you know, what somebody's done on social, but sometimes the business case is hard to kind of do, particularly the scale of the kind of clients you guys deal with. But do you find there's more openness to that now, particularly, I guess, with these insights coming in?
1: absolutely you know and and you just mentioned some key factors there at least for us at cheetah digital i mean we're, our clients are global enterprise brands you know they're not small mom and pop shops they're they're large global brands american express starbucks etc yeah. um they are open and a good example of that i'm not sure if you've had them on your on your show but uh vans and north face vans specifically specifically the vf corp it They've adopted a mentality that said, hey, look, yeah, we're going to put an ROI on this. We're going to put some KPIs, but we have to recognize people's actions beyond the transaction. And the Vans Family app, just the name of it, yeah tells you what it is. And the fact that you can go vote for your favorite skateboard, surf, or snowboard shop, the fact that you can go and vote for artists or, or consume wow. this content and get rewarded for that for that transaction that, that's not monetary, it doesn't hit yeah. their bottom line. Yeah, it's creating that community, it's creating that sense of connection with the brand. And again, you know, the brand is around that counter culture, it always has been since 66. And I've been a part of it as a skateboarder. I'm still a skateboarder at age 48. Are you?
0: Um, oh, that's super oh, cool. Fully. Wow. Uh,
1: but but I appreciate that. And yes, the larger brands know. It's no longer a, hey, that'll be a differentiator. We should do some emotional loyalty and things that don't actually drive revenue to make the customer feel better. They know it's like, it's a must have today. It is, and again, I'll take it back to, it's building relationships. Yeah. Um, the better relationship you have with a person, the more prone that person is to, to interact with you. And it's the same with friends, right? Like, if I you invite know. you over to barbecues every couple of months, you're yeah. going to invite me back to bar- your barbecues or your events. Yeah. That's how friends work. And yeah. that's exactly how brands need to start looking. So we are seeing that. We are seeing, um, mm. we, we pride ourselves at Cheetah of having a very robust, customized emotional loyalty solution, not just, Mm. Hey, here's our loyalty solution. Put your logo there. And it works just like the other brands. It's all bespoke. It's all completely unique. So, um, we are excited to see and hear brands calling and asking like, Hey, how can we do something Mm. different, unique to our brand that goes beyond points, rewards, and transactions?
0: Yeah. And I think it also, what it does is it credits the customer with, you know, being the kind of, you know, being in that relationship with them. So I think the point I'm trying to make is we're all very savvy that we know what happens when a coupon comes in. We know what they're trying to provoke, you know, that we're going to spend more. So when they see that kind of integrity coming through from a brand like Vans, which we definitely have to get on the show to hear more, like my, my absolute passion, Tim, is innovative loyalty. And that yeah. to me is absolutely the epitome of that. So the more of that we can see coming through, I just think the whole industry will flourish because the consumers will do that engagement once they get that kind of opportunity to connect with the brand. So, yeah, it's the brand value, I guess, also coming through with the uh, the personalization piece. So brilliant example there. Um, tell me then about things like, I know you guys do lots of kind of contests and sweepstakes. So that's also something that you found coming through in the digital trends report. So what's coming through in the third year of that?
1: Yeah. So there was an increase in there. I forget what the actual increase year over year is, but 74% of people said that they would appreciate the opportunity to participate in a sweepstakes or, or win something from the brand. And that's not even necessarily like, take vans, for instance, a free pair of vans, maybe it's win a trip with Tony Hawk, you know, the the world's greatest skateboarder ever lived uh, and go, you know, hang out with him in his his own private facility for a day. So, um, we are in that space. Cheetah digital has been a zero party data activist. In fact, I think Forrester named us one of only two scalable enterprise level zero party data collection tools. Um, okay. It's the in the DNA of what used to be Wayne. It's funny. I used to work at Wayne seven, oh, eight years ago. Cool. I left, yes. came back when it was uh, acquired <laughs> by Cheetah to continue yeah. that. Um, but we are seeing that. And look, at, at Cheetah, we're seeing great results when you are offering those things. One great example of that, which I always talk about and I love, Discovery Communications. They have all these great home improvement shows on television in North America and syndicated across the globe now. Okay. They okay. give away a home a mansion every year like a multi-million dollar home oh my god and they've collected over a hundred million entries per year to for that home and oh not only god. are they getting you know emails and phone numbers that's great you know their entry yeah they're asking questions along the way psychographic data questions like hey do you love gardening or do you have a roofing project or what are you doing at your home do you rent do you buy and all of that intelligence not only does it make the customer feel like they're you know, able <sighs> to talk about themselves as an individual in that survey sweepstakes, yeah. but now it gives the brand even more clean data to say, mm-hmm. great, well, our partners Home Depot or Lowe's or this other home improvement you know, partner yeah. says, hey, we've got a gardening offer for you. And maybe that's a coupon or maybe that's content. Yeah. Um, that that helps empower that individual yeah. uh, entrance life and, and enhances yeah. uh, their needs. So, you know, we've been big into that. We're seeing a huge influx of zero party data, sweepstakes surveys. It was great to see the, yeah. the lift again. Uh, 74% of people would love that opportunity from brands to to win something and tell something about themselves along the way.
0: Yeah. And what I'm hearing as well, Tim, is that the brand marketers are realizing the power to continue the engagement in a super cost effective way, particularly using contests and sweepstakes. So it's not like you always have to be investing in more points or more prizes, even. It's just let's let's just engage with them on a regular basis it's a super affordable way to do it.
1: It's, it's incredibly affordable. It's progressive profiling. And to your point, if yeah. let's say you enter that sweepstakes, that, that example, yeah. um, and you say, yes, I am going to have a gardening project this year. Well, yeah. great. Next month, they're going to send you three more questions about gardening. And just, you know, it just goes down that branch. You can find mm-hmm. that funnel. It's kind of like, you know, you and I, we have friends that love wine. We have friends that love beer. We have friends that yeah. love to skateboard and friends that loves to bike. Like we have our own individual conversations with them about those topics. Because we know that yeah. friend likes that particular thing, yeah. and when brands start using technology to yeah. continue the conversation and listen meaningfully, yeah. then their loyalty offerings and just their product and services offerings are are far more aligned with uh, with their audience, and they can give the right offer to the right person at the right time. It, it yeah, it's not rocket science. I think it's. It's uh, unfortunately, as I mentioned before, marketers yeah. weren't ready and don't have the technology to personalize, but the technology exists. Totally. They just need to get off their laurels and go find it and implement it.
0: Yes. And, and you've used my favorite term there as well, Tim. And I've already had one podcast recording earlier today and I already used the same one with this whole thing about progressive profiling. It's, it's yeah. super cool. And again, as a consumer, that's what I want. Like, don't give me yeah. 20 fields of data. Like I literally saw the last application I filled in. I was like, really? 2022? You want all yeah. that up front? I mean, no way. No way. Yeah. So super cool. Great. And listen, the final big one, I suppose, in terms of them, um, the digital trends again is about i suppose the unsurprising continuing power of email for for brands and consumers continuing to love it like what's your take on that
1: yeah so the, the stat you're talking about in here i'm, I'm going to read it and make sure i get it right um yeah. 41% of people were had made a purchase from an email uh in the last 12 months and that was a 16% increase uh from 2021 that's global data wow. now email is still the number one driver. The report also touts how it beats out banner ads and social posts, et cetera, for driving commerce. Yeah. Um, email look has been around forever. It's yeah, a staple, yeah. you, you know, there definitely are platforms and, uh, brands are using mobile outside of email, especially when you're talking about younger generations, but email is definitely something that every brand needs to have. They have to have a robust strategy. Mm. The other thing about email, and one of the reasons that it's, it's so effective is it can be personalized. Mm -hmm. very easily. And I don't mean just, okay, we have Tim's name. There's a first name field in our database. Let's inject that into the subject line. Hi, Tim, you know, by this thing, we can literally inject into subject lines, which affect obviously the open rate. We can inject the right keyword. If Tim said he has a gardening project in that survey, Hey, Tim, here's some gardening tips for you or whatever it might be. So again, it goes to Asking a question using that data, so personalizing email subject lines has been huge, which has been a huge um, concern. And I've been speaking a lot about this with clients because with Apple's changes, yeah. iOS fourteen five, you know, yeah. now Apple Mail is going to give back false positives and open rates, etc. Well, that subject line is really going to help get that emailed open. And then you still have to have great dynamic content that matches Tim's or Jane or Joe's you know, needs. So email is a very, very easy place to start with personalization. Um, and it is still a driver. The one thing I will say, um, I am breaking down. I'm going to have another point of view on this report, hopefully in mid-May, where we break down th- things like email to okay. the age group. Because- Okay. I, I'm just going to be honest, you know, a top level stat email is a number one driver for commerce. Great. Yeah. But it's not the same for boomers and Gen Z. Obviously, okay. yeah. you could probably assume Gen Z, not as savvy on email. They didn't grow up having it and they can use their phone number to create a TikTok account or a Twitter account. So yeah. um, it'll be interesting when I break that that data down into age groups to see how um, boomers are adopting email, SMS, et cetera, and how Gen Z are acting a little differently. So if yeah. you're interested in learning about that, uh, we're digging through the data and we'll publish it in May and it'll be available at CheetahDigital.com.
0: Amazing. Yeah. I I do think you get a massive amount out of this, Tim. As I said, I know you do it every year and continue to do more and more webinars. I think it's an 80 page report already. And I think you said there's a million data points behind that. So (laughs) probably a, a few more 80 page reports. Yeah. So, Is there anything else then, Tim, that you wanted to highlight today? Um, I will say, of course, we're going to make sure that the the whole Digital Consumer Trends report will, of course, be available in the show notes for Let's Talk Loyalty. As you said, it's directly on the homepage of CheetahDigital.com. So super easy to find. But any other kind of closing remarks then for anyone listening who's really interested in, in what consumers are saying about digital?
1: Yeah. I mean, not, not just this report, as you mentioned, we have a hub, we have multiple webinars and multiple points of view on this different lenses. There's so much data. We break it down by us only, as I mentioned, we're going to break it down by age. Uh, We break it down by vertical as well. Um, There's some great vertical information in there. So all industries are pretty much covered in the report. So go get the report. But the one thing that's really coming out of this. And now that we have our third year of the trends, it's very clear that relationship marketing is really what marketers need to start thinking about. That's the term that we're pushing hard at Cheetah Digital this year. And we're going to we're going to push brand marketers to really reevaluate: are they building true relationships or are they serving their own needs, as I mentioned earlier, you know, meeting your own goals? So, you know, we're, we're going to be publishing some content that explains what we believe are the four stages of relationship marketing, which are basically you have an unknown consumer. Mm-hmm. Then you have a known consumer. Now mm-hmm. you've got an engaged consumer, and yeah. then you have a loyal consumer. And okay. each one of those stages, marketers really, really need to have a strategy on how they're they're moving people along that life cycle. So I'm excited to dig in, explain that, create some playbooks, give some great examples. I, I just I just did something yesterday with American Airlines, where cool. they've adopted that relationship marketing strategy, they understand how to identify. Uh, somebody that they don't know who just buys a ticket and then somebody who buys a second ticket and then somebody who opens their emails, uses the rewards program. And then somebody who becomes an advocate and brings, you know, their friends and family into the program as well. So, um, that's what I'm going to be focused on. I hope marketers uh, start thinking about building relationships this year. And, uh, if anybody, you know, we have our own podcast thinking caps that we do every week. It's a video podcast short form, but if anybody wants to come talk to me about relationship marketing, I'd love for them to reach out and, get them on the show and let's, let's agree or disagree, but let's have some conversations about it.
0: <laughs> You're all about having fun, Tim. I absolutely yeah. love it. And actually it is very inspiring to hear that brands like American airlines, like, I think we all think, you know, they've got it all figured out. They've got the whole thing sorted, but the, the fact that they're still evolving, still learning and still trying new strategies yeah. with you guys, it's, it's super inspiring. You know,
1: that's a really good point. And that's worth talking about for a second because Um, Yeah, we have great enterprise global brand. I mean, Starbucks, you know, one of the most savvy brands ever, but nobody has this truly figured out. So that's the (laughs) one thing I think anyone listening, you know, they don't have to go, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. Or, you know, I haven't figured this out. Like don't worry. Nobody's got everything figured out. You just have to test and learn from each other and, you know, great resources like this podcast. Um, so don't, don't be, uh, don't be alarmed if you don't have your strategy completely mapped out, just go get resources, go get the things like our consumer trends index. There's other platforms like ours that have other resources, uh, do your homework and, you know, just try and make the best decisions for your brand. But Keep the consumer at the heart of your efforts and you will win. If you build a relationship with your consumers, your brand will win. Don't forget that. That'd be my parting advice.
0: Well, on that note, I have to say it's super exciting. Thank you for all of your incredible work, Tim. Vice President of Content and Data, Tim Glum. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights, and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 245 executives in 27 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.